For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, IDP Army. Ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for, IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. Ladies and gentlemen... Welcome to the week three edition of Offensive Points Podcast. I'm here with my friends, Josh and Billy, and we are going to talk some football today. So go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Offensive Points. Follow us on TikTok. We're always posting some funny videos there. Get us at Discord. Follow the IDP Army. We've got a bunch of ways for you guys to communicate to us, and we love hearing from you. So send it our way. So like I said, we are in the season. We're starting to see some trends emerge and starting to see where everything stands. If you are 2-0, you're killing it. Keep it up. If you're 1-1, eh, you had an unlucky week. If you are 0-2, don't panic. There's a lot of season ahead of us. But in any case, you need to be rebuilding your teams, looking to improve where you can. And I hope you killed it on the waiver wires. But hopefully you're looking for some trades too, some good buy lows, some AUK, some James Robinson, and some Saquon Barkley are some guys I think that you could get at a value right now. And I want you to sell high on guys like Debo Samuel, Devin Singletary, and Marvin Jones. So today, we have some great previews for you. We have some start-sit-stops, some right-wrong reallys, and some fun conversations for everyone. So before we get going, Josh, I bet you that Robbie Anderson would do better than DJ Moore. Um, I don't think I was right about that. In fact, I was very wrong. So in honor of the first fireball shot of the year, would you like to throw some shade my way before I take this? All right. I, I do actually. So secondly, yeah. it is, or firstly, I guess I should say is the second fireball bet of this is before our podcast technically started, but we did a live stream during the NFL draft. And Billy said that Cincinnati would absolutely draft Penny Sewell and they did not. So technically you are the second uh, fireball bet, but I am just happy that it's not me because I have made many, many fireball bets that I'm probably going to have to pay up on soon. And just to, uh, let you just get the suffering over. I'm going to let you go with it, but not yet. I want to talk. I just want to gloat a little bit. DJ Moore is the better receiver here. I think naturally, I think Robbie Anderson's going to have his days, but he's the, this year, at least it seems to be, he's that one hit wonder. Like he's that guy who's going to get that one big play. And he didn't, unfortunately, well, I guess fortunately for me, unfortunately in general for you and for the rest of Robbie Anderson owners, he did not get that big play. So do not not own Robbie Anderson. That's not what we're connoting here. I just think DJ Moore is the dude there. Take your shot, Joe. Just take it. In rebuttal, what Josh is failing oh, to go. admit is that Sam Darnold is garbage, and this will not. Oh, get actually, no, no, actually, no, 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 real quick. Take real the quick. shot. All right, you can take the shot. God, wow. the sound effect. The, the audio is great on that. 
Wow. Warm your belly it. a little bit? Just for those people that are just listening mm. on the podcast and didn't see a video of this, it was obviously a shot because you could hear it. You, yeah, you can't, I, fake, can't fake that noise. I, I don't have any notes on this, but I actually want to talk about it while, while we're here. Maybe Sam Darnold was just a victim of the Jets. No. <laughs> I'm just saying, look at Zach Wilson. He was a great the Pan- quarterback. I think the Panthers are good. The Panthers are good. Their defense is great. I mean, we're going to talk about the Panthers, I'm sure, at some point. We will. We will. But we'll I'm just saying in general, like, maybe Sam Darnold was just a victim of, uh, I mean, maybe. Adam Gase. Maybe yeah, he was just hap- victimized happens. by the Jets. So. All right, we don't give a shit about the Panthers or Sam Darnold. Can we get sure. into Justin fucking Fields Day? Yes. Let's get, to, let's get to the news. So it came out today, Matt Nagy, against all better judgment, because he hates – he hates when the fans get what they want. Justin Fields is now a starter in Chicago, going against Cleveland and Miles Garrett. Welcome to the league, Brooke. And this will be his first start this Sunday. Joe, give us the emotions in Chicago. Uh, okay, honestly, I want to preface this by saying that I honestly feel bad for Andy Dalton. I feel like the dude went out played a great game at Cincy. Everyone hated him since Fields was drafted. He's gotten a lot of flack, but he went out. He was a warrior on the field, and he actually looked pretty good. And now he's going to lose his job completely. Um, I feel really bad for the guy. I give him utmost kudos for being who he is and standing up for this. And I hate Bears fans right now because they are crucifying the poor guy for getting injured. Um, Not really giving him a chance either. This is huge for the entire team. This is I mean, Allen Robinson got hit in the numbers in the end zone on a perfect hard thrown football. He's not used to those. So it, it caught everyone by surprise. He surprise missed Darnell him. Mooney. He missed Darnell Mooney by what centimeters for what would have been a massive touchdown. This is good for everybody. Fire up your Cole Komets. Dude loves his tight ends. You're probably going to see Jesse James out there and all that stuff. But I'm excited. I'm loving it. Nice. So in both of your guys' defense, I guess I should say, um, Miles Garrett hasn't done dick this year. Um, I'm not saying he's not good. He's going to be all over fields. But the thing about mobile quarterbacks is they can really get away from those edge rushers, which is just phenomenal for them. And I think you'll thoroughly enjoy watching him actually play a full game. I I really don't think he looked good week one, but in reality that doesn't really matter because he wasn't, he didn't really need to, and it wasn't his start. So I'm, I'm interested in his first start. I'm really debating sitting Robinson this week, not because of him, but because of the 10 points and six points that he's put up. Um, I know I shouldn't, but I have better it options. It all changes this week, Josh. Uh, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying it, but I'm, I mean, just in general. I've got like notes in my game preview about that. I'm I'm very excited about Chicago and I feel like this is this is the beginning of a new era, which is great. And I, I agree with Joe that I feel like people crucified Dalton before he even had a chance to go. Like nobody nobody realized that they played the fucking Rams defense week one, which is just solid all around. Like Yeah. Yeah. That was gonna be hard to beat for sure. But, um yeah, I'm excited for Bears fans. They're they're gonna finally get to see what their boy is. Nick Foles is gonna be the number two this week, so got a solid backup behind him. Out uh, there on the field, yeah. yeah. Well, if Fields a very goes highly down. paid backup. If Fields exactly. goes down week fourteen, you win the Super Bowl. So <laughs> I promise you, Miles Garrett's getting two sacks. Though Justin Fields loves to hold on to that football. Yes, but he does. Anyway, which Philly, is why, you yes. will cover that. <laughs> uh, yep, believe me, yeah. it is in the notes. No worries. Um, okay, happy for Justin Fields. Let's get to the not so happy news. We had a ton of injuries this past weekend. 
Um, I'm going to kind of just touch on, I've got like six or seven names here, so we'll just touch on them one at a time. Uh, first is Carson Wentz. It, it, he, he's not technically out this week. They have not announced that officially, but it looks like he's going to be out this week. Jason Eason might be getting the start with two sprained ankles. Josh, what do you I think? Would, I would really like to touch on this. Um, Go ahead. As an Eagles fan, I would really appreciate if he plays. I don't I don't care. Play through the pain. Play 75 <laughs> 75% of the Colts snaps this year, this week, year or whatever. But no, honestly, like in reality, I think the Colts will be missing him. Um, I know that everybody hates Carson Wentz for many reasons, but um I I, I think everyone wants him to play. The two ankle sprains is wild. I think they said the high ankle sprain was the right one and the left one was the maybe maybe that's vice versa. I might be flip-flopping that, but um wild that he has two ankle sprains How do you and sprain both of your ankles well um, if you saw what he did when aaron donald tackled him it aaron donald not shocked say. me at all yeah uh no Is it's that the last play where he like yes tried to yes flip it? okay yes yeah. that's okay. that's the one it yeah. he should have just thrown the ball away and not taken that hit but He's Carson Wentz. Honestly, I could see him playing. Um, Obviously, we're recording this on Wednesday night. You guys are listening to this Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Who knows what's come out before then? But I can see him playing. The fact that they're not ruling him out yet means that he has a chance. And, I mean, he can put a brace on it. You know what I mean? Not take stupid hits like he did. Tape it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, on to the next one. Hopefully Carson Wentz plays because Jacob Eason, woof. Michael Pittman finally had a breakout game. Poor guy. Now he's going to have to deal with Jacob Eason, maybe. All right, on the next one. Amari Cooper is hopeful to play this week against the the Eagles. That He has bruised ribs from this past week. It, it looks like he's going to play. The problem is he plays on Monday night. So are you going to have another option available if he doesn't play? Uh, what are your guys' opinions on that? So not to double dip here, but I have uh, this, these people in the start, set, stop, which we're going to do in the second portion of this podcast. But um, I – have it as basically pick up Cedric Wilson if you really want to start Cooper because Cooper torches the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that is just one thing. Like, I get why you'd want to start him. Like, I, the Eagles secondary is a little bit more improved than it has been in the past, but Cooper historically has just destroyed the Eagles. And it, it didn't even make any sense. Like, even when he was going against Slay last year, he still looked good. And they had Dalton throwing to him. So I, I get why you'd want to keep him. Uh, make sure you have maybe Devonta Smith as a backup or even Jalen Rager or something like that. But if you don't have any of those guys, go pick up Cedric Wilson. That's my play for that. If you really want to start a Cowboy against the Eagles, because I imagine it's going to be a high scoring game. Probably Sorry, Joe. Yeah. No, no, you're fine, man. I uh, I like everything you said there. You got to have the backup. It's still early in the week. I would not want to go into Monday night not having a replacement on deck. So be sure to do that. Um, Get I mean, someone or, from the Eagles. Yeah. Or if you have a better option, I mean. Or maybe put him in the flex and you have Goddard and you want to sit him. Exactly. Yeah. Or something. Like, just so you have an option. I mean, it could Even be. like a could, Quez Watkins might not be a worse. Or Pollard. 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 Yeah. Pollard. Pollard, yeah. For sure. They do love throwing the ball to Cedric Wilson when he is in there, so. They do. Well, I just figure if, like, Cedric Wilson didn't have a good week last week, and I, I think I talk about that at some point today. Gainwell? But, Gainwell wouldn't be a bad one, but I think he's pretty much owned pretty well in most leagues at this point, even though someone dropped him and I scooped him up, which is really nice. But just yeah. in general, like there's there's so many options here and this game is going to be a firepower game. And I get why you'd want to keep that slot open for Cooper. And not to mention that Monday Night Miracle always is really nice. So mm-hmm. I get why you want it, but there's so many options here. I think Quez Watkins and Cedric Wilson are your best options there. Quez Watkins caught a deep ball for the Eagles and... Cedric Wilson, if nobody else is there and it's just him and CD Lamb, I mean, he'll get something, right? Right. 
Well, hopefully yeah. we'll know by Saturday and you won't have to make these calls. But most of the time you could play through bruised ribs, so I would be shocked if he was ruled out. But he, it's something to keep in mind. He also might have cracked ribs, and they might not be saying that at this moment either. That's Sorry. what happened to Tua. Couldn't yeah. Count. It is. Well, speaking of Tua, so Tua <laughs> is going to be out at least this week with fractured ribs, um, which leaves our boy Jacoby Brissett to pick up the mantle. Um, I don't think – it sounds kind of like they're thinking about doing what Baker Mayfield did last year when he cracked a rib, like putting on that like weird flak jacket that he had. Um, it obviously took a lot away from Baker's game when he did that. but um, So I don't think you'd need to be worried about Tua long-term because they didn't put him on IR. But what do you guys think? Is this going to downgrade all of the Miami receivers a lot? or Before we, before we talk about downgrading, I just want to talk about are you guys shocked that he cracked a rib? That that hit was wild. It was wild. You're like, great. It, it looked great. All right, anyway, Joe, go ahead. Sorry. Look Again, man, don't apologize. You're good. No, I'm not starting any uh, any Miami. I, I mean, is Fuller back this week officially? Is yes, he... he's officially back with the team. And you can't, you can't trust any pass catcher because you don't understand the dynamic there. I mean, I guess with Brissett starting – Gasecki might be a good one, but even he's not playing a full complement of snaps. We saw the Thor-haired freaking Adam Shaheen out there the entire time last year or last <laughs> week. So it's um, I'm not touching Miami. I'm really not. So I actually have a weird quandary in a league where I have Antonio Brown, who has COVID, who might not play as of Wednesday night. Uh, the new news just came out, and apparently it's really hard to yeah, pass. No, and he, he's gonna be, he's not going to make it. Okay, well, even if he didn't, I was already thinking about replacing him, and I have Waddle and Mooney as his replacement right now, and I'm leaning to Mooney like really easily. Fire up Mooney! Yeah, I I don't. He's got a 27 percent target share. The rest offense. of my squad it's is going to get better. The rest of my squad is just OGs, so I'm not even worried about one spot. And I just, I mean, obviously it's better if they do better or not, but you know, right. Okay, off for Tua, on to Bradley Chubb. He's going on the IR for six to eight weeks, taking uh, ankle surgery um, on right now as we speak. Does this do like, – how much damage does this do to the Denver defense, which looked pretty – it's pretty unstoppable through the first two weeks, given they've played the Giants in Jacksonville. So what really can you take from that? But – Still, they looked really good the last, first couple of weeks. So, what what do we think? How bad do you think this is for Denver? He didn't play Week One, so the defense looked good without him. And right. now, I'm convinced Bradley Chubb's just never going to be healthy. I would definitely be trying to shop him in an IDP league. Uh, but sitting there, they did sign Micah Kaiser today. He's on the practice squad, so they're clearly getting ready for it. I don't know how much it affects them in the in the means. I mean, they're playing the Jets this week, so they can get by without him. They can. Swoop up Kaiser in IDP and uh, Dynasty Leagues, by the way. Um, grab them. I got a waiver moving for him. I probably won't get them, but I'm, I still put it in just in case. Which league, um, Josh? I'm going to sign on. I actually don't want to tell you, uh, weirdly. <laughs> but no, honestly, I, I feel like it hurts them a lot more than people are letting on. I mean, obviously, it, Von Miller, the Bradley Chubb was there most of the year last year without Von Miller. Yeah. And I feel like when Von Miller was gone, Bradley Chubb was just okay. It's just the fact of having two good defensive ends to worry about. And so those pass rushers are really going to suffer a little bit more than people think. And they also played the Giants week one with a very limited Saquon. So, yeah, I mean, they also lost Josie Jewell for the year as well. I don't have that written down, but he was shot at the child last year too. And uh, 
someone's going to replace it. Stakes because Denver has a good defense, so it's it sucks to see any piece of that get taken away. Von Miller starting to look kind of like his old self, so R.I.P. For now, six to eight weeks, gonna be back. Um, Jarvis Landry also to the IR with an MCL sprain in his knee. Um, yes, everyone, I made the call to play Jarvis Landry. He played three snaps. Like, what, what do you want from me? I, I can't control injuries. All right, real quick, I was gonna gloat about that, and I decided not to. Um, You're gonna gloat an injury? What no, I wasn't ass. gloating about the injury. He wasn't doing good before the injury. He played three snaps. Well, he should have caught a ball, in and he he snaps. did. He caught one for nine. Yeah, one for nine is not good enough. Jesus, I'm just <laughs> Jesus. kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Sixty yard touchdown. I mean, touchdown in that I mean one technically, play. I was right to interrupt you, but like, I didn't. I don't want to be right on those kind of things, so I didn't talk about it. I appreciate you not talking about it. But I all. talked about not talking about it, so <laughs> therefore, I'm talking about it. <laughs> Uh, fair enough. Yeah. Sorry. Jarvis Landry will be back. So I, it should only be a three week injury. Thank God. OBJ is coming back this week for them, but we'll see. I'll get to that in my game previews, by the way, it's a very interesting situation. They have there in Cleveland. Um, all right. Last one I have is Tyrod Taylor is going to the IR for at least three weeks with a hamstring injury. Obviously we're going to see Davis mills tomorrow night. Unfortunately, um, It might actually end up being four games for Tyrod because of it being this week being a Thursday, it looks like he's definitely going to be out next week for sure. And then it might be two weeks after that. So he kind of looked good prior to getting injured. So what do we think about Tyrod and the Houston Texans? I've always loved Tyrod. I've always, I I, I felt like it was a real shitty situation. What happened in, in with the chargers. I almost said Los or San Diego. Oh, he got a concussion with Cleveland. Baker came in and then punctured lung and Justin Herbert came in. Well, the, I was talking about the punctured lung. It was a neglectful injury staff. And then there was actually a tweet that resurfaced that Anthony Lynn was like, Tyrod Taylor's the starter. He's going to be the starter no matter what Herbert does. And it's like, okay, well, that's clear that that was, which is basically exactly what Chicago is doing with Andy Dalton, which is hilarious. So like Andy Dalton's the starter. And it's like, dude, yeah. if fields, if fields goes out there and sucks. Yeah, absolutely. Andy Dalton's the starter, but if fields goes out there and just does okay, He's the starter no matter what, epso facto. Like, he's can't tear he's not going to just do okay. I'm, I'm, But I'm saying even if he just does okay, you can't like you can't justify replacing him. So it's it was the same concept. And so I, I really like Tyrod it's Taylor. It's not justifiable. <laughs> Another T-shirt. But no, in general, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but just I, – Justin Fields, god damn it. Uh, no, Tyrod Taylor has just been one of those guys. It's like Teddy Bridgewater, which I don't think we talk about enough, but – um it's just one of those guys who like has been kind of a journeyman but like a journeyman starter and very good but like just yeah. never had the right situation and the right like luck really yeah no it's just That's crazy completely I mean, right we, can we start anyone from houston like <sighs> i don't trust davis mills enough to keep brandon cooks afloat they're gonna Mad, have to match up dependent probably yeah and Ugh. not against good defenses no yeah woof Okay, well, that's enough injuries for this, this evening. Um, the last piece of news, it's not really news. I just I see a lot of people confused about this on Twitter, so I feel like we might as well just clarify it. So for the IR this year, they, there's new rules in place where players can come back before six weeks. So used to, I mean, we played when fantasy football was like this, where if the player was on IR, you were like, well, shit, there goes half the season because they definitely have to be on it for six weeks. Well, now it's a little bit more flexible than it used to be. You can actually come off of it in just three weeks. So I just wanted to clarify that. I've seen a lot of confusion on Twitter about how guys are able to come back so fast. 
They also have unlimited moves. It's kind of like baseball where you just throw them on the like 10 day DL for, you know, and then cut, get them back off. Like if they're just kind of injured. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I've seen a lot of confusion about it. And I just feel that people maybe missed it or it went under the radar and we didn't cover it when it was announced before the season. Well, they started that last season though, didn't they? I don't know. I saw. I just saw a news story about it from I'm, August, but I'm pretty it's sure probably it was, just clarifying it. I'm pretty sure it was last season, and there was something about that. And honestly, it is confusing because when you see someone like uh, Brandon Graham went down, they were like, "Yeah, he's on the IR," and I was like, "Oh," and I was like, "Oh, never mind." Like, dude's gone. Torres Achilles. But um, it's it's just one of those things that like you see IR and you naturally go, "Oh, he's out." But like, I like that they did that because there should be a short term and long term IR. Like, right. Instead of having wasting a roster spot on someone who's not going to play for three weeks, it's exactly exactly it. It's more people jobs. It's more people jobs. Okay, so let's get to our minutes for each one of our teams: Cleveland, Chicago, and Philly. Um, Josh, we're actually going to let you start first this time. I was actually thinking I did not I I did not prepare for this. I remember planning. I mean, do you watch the game? Yeah, no, I know. All right, um, all right. One minute, starting now. All right, I just want to say this was not Jalen Hurts' fault. This was not the defense's fault. This was not the offensive line's fault. This was not the ref's fault. This was not the whatever person you want to blame. This was Jeff Lurie's fault, the owner, the person who fired Doug Peterson for literally no reason. Uh, We literally had the perfect coach who won us a Super Bowl for the first time ever, and Yes, it was Nick Sirianni's fault. I can't not blame him because he came up with the stupid play calling the entire game. Anyway, Jalen Hurts looks great. Fire him up. I will talk about him later. Devonta Smith is is great. Don't worry about him. Miles Sanders, I'm a little worried about, but at the same time, it was a bad game. Don't trip about it. The Eagles are fine. We're going to play the Cowboys and then probably the, uh, the Chiefs and then someone else, the Carolina and the Tampa Bay. But we'll be fine. Just don't worry about it. Nice. We'll be fine. 55 seconds. Very good, Josh. Proud of you. You're welcome. I, it's good for not having anything prepared. So I just wanted to blame Jeff Lurie. That was my main thing. Is he <laughs> got rid of Doug Peterson for no fucking reason. We got rid of Wentz. All right, I'm I sorry. I went it. over the minute. No, I mean it's it's seconds. fine. You 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 called you you know you called time. We're good. Like you, you you got it out of the way. So I appreciate you doing that. Okay, I'll get my minutes out of the way. Starting now. So the Browns were kind of getting their ass kicked there for the little first part of that game. It it was not going well. We clearly have a problem covering mobile quarterbacks. Could be a problem in week three. We'll find out. Um, Then the game switched because Tyrod Taylor got hurt. And once Tyrod Taylor got hurt, Cleveland just kind of cruised to an easy victory we ended up losing Jarvis Landry in the game, which kind of sucked. Um, but hopefully Baker can figure it out. Good luck figuring out what wide receiver is worthy on this team of getting the ball. Like literally, I can assume that people are trying to figure out on their waiver wire, like, oh, I wonder who's gonna cut, co- you know, who's gonna come in. And don't worry about it. It's not on the team. They're not on the team currently. So you don't have to worry about having a wide receiver that's gonna make you have any points. Uh, maybe OBJ, he comes back this week against the Bears. They have a bad defense, so maybe they can make something happen. We'll find out. But this is a good win for the Browns, and one point towards our 11 wins. 
I have right. so many questions. Got sloppy there at the end. Oh, okay, number one, OBJ is absolutely coming back. No, Joe, put that down for a no. second. Put the no, trash can down for a second. I got no, no. no I, I have comments. No. I have comments. All right, let's hear them. All right, let's get your comments. OBJ is, uh, you know, going to come back absolutely because they probably were ready for him to come back. They were just being safe, and now we still don't, don't know that for sure, though. I don't want to be a hundred percent. We don't this know is for sure. Wednesday, and I'm telling you that he'll be back. Number two, I mean, don't right. put it. Definitely check before Sunday. Okay, I was about to say, I would love for you to make right. that call right now. Number two, staff. how are you going to not talk about Baker Mayfield looking and popping his shoulder out of socket and then then popping it back in? It's a how good you point. I didn't mention that. I forgot about that to be honest with you because <laughs> okay. it did happen. It literally fell out of socket. He went in the tunnel. They popped it back in and it he got back in the game. So. so bad too. Like I it thought he did. was done. done. I thought like, he broke his collarbone. Collarbone for I'm, sure. Yep. Yeah. I'm so. glad he didn't. I don't even like Baker Mayfield, and I'm glad he didn't because I never root for injuries. All right, Joe, go ahead. Bring your trash can up. Okay. So I got the Chicago Bears trash can here, and me and the trash can would like to tell you, Bill, fuck off. Our defense does not suck. When Justin Fields came into this game, it provided a spark for the entire team that they rallied behind. <laughs> four turnovers and four consecutive <laughs> possessions. Are you kidding me? Roquan Smith took it upon himself to lead that defense to goddamn victory. Now, it's the Bears, but I want you to take that trash can and just picture a phoenix coming out of it, rising from the ashes, <laughs> and donning a new era of the Chicago Bears football team. This is your quarterback, Bears fans, for the next 15 years. And he is going to shred the NFL. And God damn it, am I fucking excited for it. It provided the spark. Allen Robinson is now going to stay with the team. Darnell Mooney is going to stud out and become a top 20 receiver in the NFL. Cole Komet's going to just be a guy. And God damn it, it's going to be a beautiful thing. Now, the game itself was not great. I uh, I got kind of pissed off and I left. But um, – uh, yeah, dude, the Bears are going to be awesome. And they're going to fuck up the Browns. Hey, the, wow. first, the first person to go over a minute. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Who thought it would be Joe? I yeah. thought it would be me, honestly. All right. I time thought out. So, too. so my thing that I want to talk about is you're you're celebrating a defensive uh, victory because that's the only reason you guys won the game. And I'm not – I love the Bears. You won the game because of your defense. And you played the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Who have At the worst offensive lines and have like obviously star power, but like one of the off- worst offensive lines. How many points so, you guys score in San Francisco, Jack? <laughs> yeah, our our. <laughs> How'd you guys do in against point. the Rams? The Rams are far better than San Francisco. Well, we're, we're playing. <laughs> well, well, we're playing the Rams soon, and we'll see what happens. Okay. okay. Wow. Well, I have no rebuttal. You can nice. Nice. Hey, Joe, the thing is, y'all won the game. That, we won the game. That's all you're there to do, game. right? That's all you're there one to do, one. right? Tied for first in the North. You proved who was the best uh, initial CB in the league, so I, I, yeah. I'm proud of you all for doing that. Well, technically, Cleveland Browns, they're better, so whatever. No, they're, they're not. They're I guess not the, actually. They're, not. they're real better. What happened? They're well, not, actually. You don't? Okay. I'm not wearing it into this. Settle it on the field. The Phoenix. Phoenix rising from the ashes. I love the elite. Like honestly, like I, I, I felt that when you said yeah. that. All right, anyway, let's get into some football. Let's get into some football. Nobody cares about our fucking beliefs. No, it's fine. So we're getting to right, wrong, really. That's our next segment. Um, we're gonna let Josh go first. Who were you <sighs> right about? Oh God, there's just there's just so many that I I told you guys about that I could just continue to like keep talking about and you know 
that it was silly to start or, you know, draft them in the first place, you know, Mixon who didn't have a good week at all, or Clyde Edwards, Hilaire who fumbled the game winning thing and also didn't do anything. And Gaskin who's done nothing. And I'm not gonna, we're not going to bring up Landry. I did write it down, but I didn't want to talk about it, but I want to talk about, I want to talk about the positives here. I want to talk about positives. I'm going to be a positive person. I'm actually coming to you. I'm, I'm arising from the ashes of negativity. Oh, here we go. With the Phoenix. I want to talk. I want to talk about the positives, and I want to talk about Mr. Jalen Hurts. I think what we did here is we oh found God. You already knew this. I texted you're, this to you. I know, but you're right. Is your own team that scored no points? <laughs> but this is the thing. We found his floor. Okay. We found Jalen Hurts's floor when we play the absolute worst and we complete no deep passes for some reason. We keep throwing them, um, but like even when the Eagles look terrible. He still gets 280 total yards and 85 of them being rushing yards, which counts as 8.5 yards in most leagues. So when in doubt, he's going to try to make something happen. And I think he basically made it to set it and forget it at this point. I just, I have to feel that that's the case at this point. I draft him in the eighth or ninth round almost everywhere. So I have backups for him in almost all leagues, one of which being fields in one league. So I'm happy to see him playing in case anything you know happens here. Uh, I had Tannehill, dropped him. I have Herbert, which I really want to play against the Chiefs this week. But I have so much stock in him. I have him in three of six leagues. I'm pretty much starting him everywhere. I don't I don't see why I wouldn't. I just I have a feeling we're seeing our third Lamar and Kyler here. And or should should I say Michael Vick? Uh I don't know. Oh just, my god. Who led these guys with without the dogs? I'm not no 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 time out, time out, time out. I'm not comparing him to Michael Vick. I'm just saying Michael Vick led these guys to a chances to be quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson wouldn't have a chance in the league right now if Michael Vick hadn't come along. I'm just saying Jalen Hurts is my right. I was right about him. I drafted him everywhere. And the people who grabbed fucking, I don't know, Tannehill ahead of him or idiots or Brady. You know what I mean? Like Brady's going to be good, but I don't know. Just don't care. Uh, so wild. Any comments? Let's go ahead and take a pause. Uh, What do you mean? Do we have comments? You picked a player that didn't score any points this week. Is your right for week He scored 19 points on a terrible game. Okay. We're talking about real football though. I'm talking about fantasy, dude. Hurts is a stud in fantasy. He's a stud in fantasy. We're not talking about real football. We're talking about fantasy football. We lost the game and he still won 19 points. Got 19 points in fantasy and some in, in more leagues. That rushing okay. floor is dope. It is. I'm just saying. Like, I had. I, by the way, I had Hurts as my like sixth or seventh ranked quarterback. So I'm not even saying that I was down on him as some people were for some reason. But he, like well, Lamar, just, week one. I feel like the weird victory lap this week is just this. This is a weird timing. This, that's all. I, that's is, all. My 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 right was. He I just feel like when score. he balls out against the Cowboys on Monday Night Football, like that would be like your victory but lap I, time. I think I think this is what the people need to hear. They need to realize, like, man, Jalen Hurts looked bad last week. The Eagles looked bad last week, and dude still scored nineteen points. Okay, okay. there are a lot of fair quarterbacks enough, out there. Fair that can't that it's your right, so you can you can be right about it. I have That's so funny. many other. I didn't want to focus on. Oh, I told you not to start Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm trying to be positive. Low hanging fruit. I get it. So, Speaking of not positive, I want to tell you someone I was wrong about. No, I'm not admitting I was wrong about Jamar Chase yet. Maybe later. Just not yet. With Higgins being limited in practice, I'm a little worried about it. Oh, here Uh, you. No, I am. I am. I might. This might be my wrong next week. Let's let's let it go. (laughs) But my wrong this week is Antonio Brown. 
I thought this was it. I thought this was back to old Antonio. I thought this was like, dude's fucking good. He's going to be getting all kinds of touches. And he went for like two for 17 or some shit. I don't even want, I didn't even look at the stats because I don't care. Uh, I did start him in multiple leagues and it, it hurt in multiple leagues. Uh, but apparently Evans was mad. He didn't get any targets last week and went to Brady and was like, hey, man, can yep. I get like three touchdowns? We need to realize that going forward, by the way. Yeah, I think it's just, I think the problem is, is Tampa Bay. I think what we realized here was Tampa Bay has so many mouths to feed. So naturally they're just going to, they're going to feed them. Like Godwin Evans, Antonio Gronk, and then Rojo and Fournette. And <clears throat> I guess Gio, I don't know if he's there anymore. So I just wanted to apologize if you lost because of me. I lost because of me as well. All right. Any, uh, any other comments? No, no, fair. No, that's fair. All right. All right. My really was really Billy was right. I don't. I don't like this. I don't like that Billy actually said something so outlandish in the off season that he had to literally publish a retraction the next week because he was saying such stupid, foolish things. But maybe he was right about Pollard is better than Zeke. I don't think Pollard is better than Zeke, but I think, in fact, that Pollard may be better for the Cowboys' offense than Zeke. And he turned his 13 carries into 109 and added three catches and 40 yards on top of it. And Zeke had, what, like 16 carries for 70 yards or something like that? Didn't write that down. Don't quote me. But my question to this is, number one, Good for you, Bill. Good for you. Load it up. Load it up. I, you deserve it. I we we were both like, what the fuck's wrong with you? You even thought, what the fuck's wrong with me? And you were right. At this moment, this is once again, these are overreactions for the week. Um, yes, week two overreactions. My biggest question here <laughs> is: news. Does Zeke get traded? No. no. Jerry Jones is way too up Zeke's ass. Yeah, and the, the that contract, who would take that on for any reason? I would. I mean, I don't even like Zeke, but I know he's better than. So I think, and here's, I think they're just gonna have to overpay him as a goal line back. Like I, I, I hate to say that out loud. I don't know. Let, let me get to my okay. So I'm just gonna get to my right because I'm also taking a victory lap about Tony Pollard this week. Um. Everything that I saw from Tony Pollard is exactly what is happening now. He just looks more dynamic with the football in his hands. I don't know why. I really don't. He he doesn't get as many opportunities as Zeke, but it's just like whenever he gets the ball, his initial burst of speed is just way more than what Zeke's has. I don't know why, because Zeke's never had a real bad injury. I'm not really sure what's wrong with him, but he cannot break a the initial tackle it's just it's so bizarre i I don't know how else to qualify it i want to stop you here because this is technically still my really that's Um, fine but i don't think it's that zeke can't you know break a tackle i think it's just that pollard has that speed and this offense needs that speed and that's why cooper did so well that's why cooper looked like shit on the raiders like i mean he didn't look like shit he just was super inconsistent and that's why pollard is phenomenal for this offense honestly you know who'd be great for this team like austin eckler any fast running back, DeAndre Swift, like anyone who could break that. And that's why Pollard looks so great. I don't even think it's that Pollard's this great. I think it's that Zeke is slow. He's the big dude. And it just doesn't make sense on this offense. Like no, Zeke. They're, they're using Zeke as the traditional running back. They're trying to pound him up the middle. They're trying to do all that. The quality of touches that Pollard is getting are way higher than the quality of touches Zeke is getting. So even though he's out snapping him, he's not performing as well. 
if they try to get Zeke in space a little bit more, it would probably pay off well for them, but they don't use him that way. Well, also they stack, they stack the box. Well, that, that's what I was going to and... say. If, if, if I'm going to give any concession to why this is happening, they, they stack the boxes when Zeke's in there. And then when they don't stack the boxes for a passing play, it's easy to have Tony Pollard speed, just cut them up for yards up the field. I, I, we, I think we can all understand why it's happening. The problem is, is like when the league catches up to that being the plan, how do you defend something like that? Because it's still a passing down technically. It's just if, if Dak makes the correct read, then Tony Pollard's going to slice. Like that. that's just how they're going to use him because he's that fast. So it's like how do you defend that? And that's the problem because when Zeke's in there, you know what they're going to do. They're not Zeke's not in there to get the passing down work. Like he's in there to run the ball up the middle. Just it is exactly. He's just there to ground and pound and get those get those yards, get those tough yards. And honestly, the the Cowboys haven't played a game where they've been up yet. It's been a close game each game they played. So, and not to mention like the Tampa Bay game was a shootout. So naturally, Pollard's going to look better in that game. But look what's happening this week. I mean, we'll get to your game preview, but look what they're about to be in this week. It's not going to be real real quick. It might be. I might be. I haven't talked about it yet. But anyway, um, I just I feel like we kind of interrupted this. So, Joe, you want to give me. Give me a slow clap for him. Take it. Take this applause. I, I like it. All right, that's it. That's all you get. But no, that's in fine. general, I think that Pollard is obviously rosterable, but like, don't bank on it. You know what I mean? It's one of those. I think what they found was a complimentary back to Zeke, which it's weird that it's taken him like three years to like really figure out Pollard's role, but I am. I am. We both thought you were crazy. You thought you were crazy after the last week. We made you think you were crazy because it seems so outlandish. But here you are. The thing is, is like I, I did think to start to think I was crazy as I was like, well, maybe that's really not how it is. And then week one and two happened, and I'm like, no, no, that's what no, I thought. Week one was a fluke. Week two was proving it. So I think. Well, okay, but I'm right saying time. like with two weeks of evidence. That's why I'm taking the victory lap now after two weeks of evidence. Clearly what I, I had thought originally was not a fluke. So. I think what we're seeing here that. is like a Melvin Gordon Eckler situation, like where they can both be. Probably. Serviceable. I mean, the thing is Pollard's getting old, so or older. So I don't really know like what, what's the plan. Eventually you're going to start him. Cause that's, he's getting way too old for that. So I don't know. He's basically going to just slide into that James white role, but a little bit more running plays. Probably what James white should be doing. Okay. Hopefully well, possums drafted him. Hopefully so. Hey, Joe said to trade for him. So if you traded Zeke for Pollard, you're probably like, you know what? Kind of a wash. I'm pretty sure we've all talked about it at some point, like saying, hey, dude, roster this guy at the very least. Yeah, for sure. We were not nearly as ballsy as Billy, though. I know. Well, hey, the, the thing about hot takes, sometimes you just got to stick with them. I did not, but not to handle. I should have. Okay. Anyway, let's get back to your play. Billy. That's fine. So my right was Pollard. Kind of went over all the reasons that I have been right about that thus far. We'll see what happens in the future. I think teams are eventually going to catch up to what the Cowboys have already figured out, how to use him in their offense. So I will see what they do. Maybe Monday we'll see what the Eagles um, can do with that. Uh, My wrong for this week is Julio. So here's the thing. I said to sit Julio because I thought they were going to focus A.J. Brown. Well, guess what happened? The complete opposite of that. (laughs) They barely looked at A.J. Brown, and Julio had a touchdown stolen from him from the referees that should have been a touchdown i'm still not exactly excited for why they they chose to not call that a touchdown because his toe was down and then his foot came down out of as weird but 
I was wrong. I thought it was going to be the other way around. I don't know what's wrong with AJ Brown. I, we're going to get to it in the, the game preview. I'm not sure what to do with him because Ryan Tannehill didn't look at him again. This is a game where they were down, desperately coming back, which they did get the comeback. AJ Brown still wasn't featured. I mean, it was Derrick Henry, and then they would pop it to Julio. So I, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. So my wrong is Julio. Tennessee's still hella confusing. They won the game against Seattle, I, but okay. Don't know what you're going to do about that. I think what you're going to see here, and I think week one was a fluke because they looked terrible all around. Yes, that was definitely a fluke. I think what you're going to see here is it's going to be inconsistency from AJ Brown and Julio. Like it's going to be that Amari Cooper <clears throat> on the Raiders situation. Is Are either one of them going to get hit 30 points each week? You don't know, but you have to start them to hope that they do. Yeah, because AJ Brown will get looks. I know that it's concerning right now for AJ Brown owners, and God, I'm glad I didn't keep him at this point. But I just, I don't know. You can't, you can't say that he's not going to do anything. I don't I, exactly, but the thing is, is like, how can I tell somebody to start him? It's going to be hard to say like, his stock is what you drafted him at. Exactly. You got to look at the cornerback matchups and see which side's getting torched, and that's yeah. how you set this up. It's, it's just, it's going to be tough. Okay. Yeah. Am I really is Miles Sanders. So it's not Miles Sanders himself. It's the play calling, especially in the red zone. It's just, it's confusing to me what Philly is trying to do. It seems like they're trying to get cute down there, but I don't understand why I am not going to, I'm going to admit I only watched like a couple of their red zone plays during uh, like when they had the ball down there and I couldn't figure out why, Miles Sanders didn't get at least an attempt to run the ball into the end zone. They were trying like little pop passes and stuff. Um, Josh, maybe you can spread more awareness on why they, why they're, it's confusing in the red zone for the Eagles, but they cannot do that all this whole season. What they did against San Francisco, the play calling was just way too weird. Dude. I have, uh, it's Nick Sirianni trying to like create a new offense for himself, but yet stealing plays from the old playbook, like AKA the Philly special on fourth down, which yes, is, what is the not fuck a was good that? play. Like, honestly, I would have rather had you run up the gut and get stuffed than try to play the Philly special with like completely different people. It was Greg Ward the throwing the ball. Philly special. And we have Dallas Goddard on the team. Like, I mean, you could like put him in there or whatever, but like Greg Ward was a quarterback in high school. I get it. Okay. So, the play calling in the red zone is the Eagles Achilles right now. Cause we got, we've gotten in the red zone way too many times and not scored in Atlanta and in San Francisco or in Philly technically, but against San Francisco. Um, yeah. I, I have no, I have no insight on this. I don't understand why they don't use Miles Sanders as the guy that he is because that man averages about five yards per carry. And I get it. Like he's not the bell cow back. Like they always had Jordan Howard or the Garrett blunt and like the bigger guys and whatnot, but like Miles Sanders is better than you expect. And he's bigger and stronger and smarter than you expect. He makes the right cuts. He's honestly a smaller version of Brian Westbrook. Like he can break tackles. He can get through, he can cut. I just don't understand why he, they don't use him in the red zone. I don't understand why they give him 13 carries per game, give him 20 per carries per game and just see what happens. I'm actually going to come up with the stat. Now I'm writing it down right now that I'm going to see what happened when he got 20 carries per game because I guarantee that they won that game. And I get yeah. that game script doesn't always work. And there's probably like a few outliers there, but like, why the fuck don't you give miles Sanders the ball? The dude gets five yards per carry and then 
Yeah. Break, break someone. And that's what those wheel routes that you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have kicked this to me. The wheel routes that he used to <laughs> run when Wentz could throw the ball, like obviously not last year, but the year before where he could actually throw the ball and like the wheel routes, he would get 40 yards on those. Like, why are you not running those? Why is Miles Sanders? I get Gainwell as a good pass catcher. I get Gainwell as a good pass catcher. I'm looking forward to seeing what Gainwell brings to the team. I think he's the next young version of Darren Sproles because we got old version of Darren Sproles and he was still fucking good. Like, I get that. I get that he has a role. Give Miles Sanders 20 carries. Give Gainwell 10. That's 30. Or touches. My apologies. 20, 10 touches. Should be split. Done. Even if you're losing, give him the ball. I'm done. Agreed. All right, Joe. Right, wrong, really. All right, guys. So my right for the week is Maximus. 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 Uh, Aaron Rodgers was the gladiator in that game. Um, I, dude, it bothered me how everyone was freaking out about Aaron Rodgers. People were talking about dropping him, saying his career was over. He's checked out. He should go do Jeopardy. I knew as soon as I heard that, I said, Aaron Rodgers is going to skull stomp some other fuckers on the football field. He was throwing beautiful passes to everybody. That touchdown to Tanyan was ridiculous, especially with MBS wide the fuck open right in front of him. But he knew Tanyan would catch it. MBS would probably drop it. So he threw where he needed to throw it. Um, Aaron Rodgers is going to be just fine, ladies and gentlemen, as he always is. And he is going to go. He's doing the last dance this year. I'm telling you, this this is the start of something crazy. And I love all the haters that are so quick to discount this man because that only fires them up more. And as a Bears fan, I've grown to respect this man a lot. I hate him, but I respect him. And my knee! My knee. You just can't talk bad about him, man. He'll right. come back on opioids and just kick your ass. <laughs> Can we talk about uh, MVS real quick, though? I know this was about Rodgers, and you're absolutely right. And I love the gladiator meme that you posted. Um, and if you haven't seen that, go to offensive at offensive points on Twitter and you'll see it because you know, you haven't liked us yet and you should, but, uh, MVS, uh, dude, I can't believe why people keep thinking. I just saw someone pick him up in one of my leagues and it's a very shallow league. Like we have like six bench spots in a 10 man league and some dude just picked up MVS and maybe it was just like a, Oh, it's Monday night game. Let me pick up a guy real quick, but stop. It's over. Like it's Stop over, man. Him, yeah. Like Randall Cobb wasn't even good. Like there's no second guy. It's it's Devontae Adams, Tanyan, and Aaron Jones. It's like the Lions. Yeah, the AJ Dillon thing. I I'm really glad because I own Aaron Jones a lot of places, but I'm sure later in the season Dylan will get more involved. But as of right now, sit back and watch the fireworks with this offense. It's gonna be Dude, fun. The problem mm-hmm. with Dylan is is Dylan can't catch the ball like Jamal Williams did. They should have never got rid of Jamal Williams. That was stupid you, of them. Did you see that post or the thing, the press conference he had? No. About I didn't. Green Bay getting rid of him. He said mm. something. He's like, oh man, oh, they're like my ex-girlfriend. They just they just broke up with me. And Detroit's over here Twitter. whining and dining it. me. And, <laughs> that was and they were treating me real good, like and they Dude, keep I... buying me dinner and give me wine. <laughs> yeah, no, Jamal Williams is a fucking G. And honestly, I know that you're I don't know if I mentioned this or whoever has Detroit, but think about starting him. I'm not saying start him, but think about it. Just think about it. I like it. All right. All so right. my wrong is Rondale Moore. Um, I was not as high on this guy as I should have been. He looks awesome, and clearly they're manufacturing touches for him to get him in space, and he is lightning quick. Billy was all on him. I, I wasn't buying it this whole offseason, so I should have been more. I'm still not sold that he's as good 
for fantasy this year as everyone and thinks he seems to be now after the waivers ran. Um, but he's definitely someone to look at or keep an eye out for. He looks electric. He is fast as hell. And clearly they're trying to get the ball in his hands. So I really like it. Most reason this guy was on my list here is because I refuse to admit I was wrong on Sterling Shepard. He is a fraud. <laughs> I'm standing on this forever. So Rondale Moore is Funny. my wrong. Next week, me and Joe are going to, Joe's going to be Sterling Shepard and mine's going to be Jamar Chase. It's going to be great. Probably Just so. Tune in next week. Glad that you all have kept those consistent. But yes, Rondale Moore is perfect because he's the same height as Kyler. Yeah. So he can just see him through the trees level, man. that are going through the field. He can yeah, there's, there's no leaves on those trees down there, you know? Exactly. So they can throw it to him, and it's perfect. I want to um, talk about how I got Rondale Moore as the 10th waiver in our, our main league. Just wild. Didn't think yeah. I'd get him. I just put it in just for shits and gigs. That's the best part of the waivers. I All chose right, Mooney over him because Mooney is going to the moon. All right. My really for the week is KJ Osborne. Um, this dude somehow keeps doing it. I, you know, they do not have a tight end right now in Minnesota. So you're going to see these three wide receiver sets, but it's really fucking up my Justin Jefferson projection. He's it's killing me. I mean, it's going to even out. I, I think this is a little bit of a fluke. I just feel like people don't decide to guard him as closely as Thielen and Jefferson, which is a smart move on the defense, but if this kind of thing keeps happening, they're going to start waking up, guarding him a little harder, and Minnesota is going to have to find a different way to get it there. But we'll see what Jefferson's you, coming. What you were right about is like KJ um, KJ Osborne caught that like one pass for like sixty yards, yeah. and that was like you know it was like damn it, a busted coverage. Of course he's going to like cover his points total just because he caught that one ball. And yeah. then he wasn't really used the rest of the day. So you're not necessarily wrong about him, which is why he's probably not in your wrong category. But yeah, exactly. It's like, what the hell is this? I, I yeah. get it. Time out. I, mean, I actually – Eight targets that game or something KJ Osborne mm-hmm. did. I mean, I that's a, just – I have a lot to say about this guy. I think that um, I'm not saying he's the next Justin Jefferson or he's the league winner because I don't think that. But I think that this man could be a serviceable fill-in. Um, his first two weeks, obviously it's been two weeks. So don't like take that with a grain of salt. Don't, don't be ridiculous about it. But at the same time, if you picked him up, stash him, you never know if Thielen or Jefferson went down or, I mean, they have no tight end. So I feel like what really this happened was he slid into that Irv Smith role. And I think that this is basically what Irv Smith would do or will do next year. But I think in reality, same, but target no, wise, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying in general, like obviously, Irv Smith wouldn't have ran for a 30 yard. Well, I was about to say, Irv Smith's not catching a 60 yard touchdown, but still, if you have KJ Osborne, you are selling him as high as you can. Hell, moving yeah. the fuck. I on. also agree with that. I this is not sustainable. Dynasty, if you can get a second round pick, hits end. I agree, but also, also, if you have him. Don't feel bad about it. You should feel horrible about it. (laughs) All right. Well, that's enough of right, wrong, and really? So uh, we'll go on to Josh's waiver watch this week. Speaking of Osborne, you or someone in your league has already grabbed him. The same spiel as last year. He's actually only owned in 15%, which is hilarious. I actually got him out of free. Those updated from like last night? That's shocking. And Rondell Moore is owned 56%. So 
So if somehow those two guys are still available while we're talking about this or while you're seeing this, this was also Wednesday night. So who knows if people are grabbing them out of free agency afterwards as Wednesday day, to be fair, I did this research at lunchtime. Uh, but yeah, in general, uh, if somebody didn't grab them, here's some people who you might want to grab if you didn't burn your waiver wire and you're trying to match up for that next big running back or wide receiver. Uh, Kirk Cousins was 25% last week. We talked about this. He is up to t- only 29%, and dude's thrown two touchdowns. He's such a serviceable backup. I have no idea why he's not owned in at least 50% of leagues, if not more, because he should be a top 20 quarterback. So grab him, please. Derek Carr, I talked about him last week. He was at 15%. He's at 35% because he is is right now the fifth best quarterback. I noticed that, Bill. And Uh, he's going to play this week, too, so that's really important. I said something about last last week, like, oh, his week-to-week value is going to be questionable. It's been phenomenal. So I'm not saying started, playing I'm, Miami this week, but he did just beat Pittsburgh. I'm actually so. a little worried about the Miami play because if they go up too fast, which their running backs aren't that good. So he'll probably get most of the points, but like I say, hypothetically Peyton Barber, Peyton Barber would be a great play this week. Um, and especially in, in daily, I hope uh, Joe's got that. But anyway, regardless, not trying to spend too much time on this, but if Derek Carr's available, great backup. Daniel Jones. I hate this guy. I've talked about this. Uh, I traded Lamar Jackson for him and Hertz, which was mainly for Hertz and because it's a uh, two quarterback league and I had Goff as my only backup. You, you got the point. You got the good part of that. It's working well. Uh, he's been serviceable. Obviously not great. Currently the 10th QB in the Dude, league. Dude, his rushing upside apparently his is going to rushing upside is He would have had 100 good. yards rushing last game. You're, you're, you're jumping the gun, but you're absolutely right. Um, hopefully you listened to me last week when I talked about this and week one. Hopefully you grabbed Justin Fields because – as we talked about earlier, it's Justin Fields Day, and uh, also if, you have, one, baby. if if he's got a, if if he didn't have if he didn't grab him, this might be the time to try to trade for him and like bite on the upside and trade like I don't know. Say you have you're in my you're in my spot and you have Justin Herbert and Hurts like throw a Herbert at Fields and try to grab something off of him because like he's his 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 price should be pretty low right now still, but it might just take off and like this might be your last chance at him. I'm not saying do that. Do not quote me on that. I swear to God. Anyway, if Trey Lance is still there, you never know. He might uh, he might be starting soon. Garoppolo hasn't looked that great. Mac Jones, I get it if you don't want to pick him up, but just keep an eye on him. Uh, he didn't have a good week. So anyway, on to running backs. Uh, my pickup of the week is Mr. Michael Carter. Um, week one, didn't do shit. Last week, had 11 carries. And I get it. It's the Jets. Like a few more receptions would be great. And it's the Jets. And, you know, if, you know, you want to see like what, you know, and he's the Jets and, you know, it's the Jets. So just think about it. I think this isn't a Le'Veon Bell situation where Le'Veon Bell was fucking awful on the Jets because they didn't use him right and it just didn't work. But just think about it. Owned in 55% of leagues and actually went down 15% this last week, which is weird because. There was 11 carries. Maybe that's not updated. I don't know. But regardless, that's what I saw. So A lot of just, people dropping him. I don't get it. He had 11 carries. Last week, he had like three or something. He had like two catches, which I guess is what you signed him for. But anyway, um, trying to do this a little quicker. J.D. McKissick, um, I get it. And Antonio Gibson's the guy. McKissick put on some weight. I talked about this in the offseason. I think he'll continue to have a role in that passing game. This game was obviously a weird situation, but... Think about McKissick, actually only 50% owned. I already talked about Tony Jones last week, but uh, they didn't even use Kamara last week, so don't 
Don't drop him. I think I might have dropped him. Don't judge me. Um, my last running back is Philip Lindsay. Touchdown in both games. There's three running backs. I understand. I also see that. Lindsay has been far more productive in his very limited snaps than any of the running backs have been in their multiple snaps. So I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being the running back in the future. So just think about stashing him. And my, oh, sorry, I forgot. There's a couple more. The San Francisco 49ers. Uh, yeah, they all of them got injured. So number one, stash Jeff Wilson. He was owned in 1% last week, and he's up to 4% this week. I said it. The, Eagle, the 49ers cycle through running backs. I don't know why you wouldn't grab him and stash him, especially if you have an IR slot. Uh, he was a starting back last year for most of the year after Mostert's injury and all the other injuries. Um, he looked great and honestly played through a lot of injuries himself. Also, my second guy, just to keep an eye on, do not pick him up and redraft or anything. But in Dynasty, Mr. Carrion Johnson. They have not said anything about him in the news. No one has talked about him. But they signed him to the practice squad before last week. And Hasty's already ruled out with a high ankle sprain. Sermon most likely won't play with that ridiculous concussion that uh, Kayvon Wallace gave him. And Mitchell is limited in practice as of Wednesday with a shoulder injury. So that is the three healthy running backs they address. So one, two are probably not playing and three Mitchell probably will play, but that means they got two spots to fill. They've been signing people off waiver wires. Shock. Yeah. Like just the fact that they haven't talked about carry on Johnson is just really sneaky to me. And I have a feeling carry on Johnson will be active and might see some touches. So and dynasty. Absolutely. I swoop them and everything. I actually paid way too much for him in auction. All right. Anyway, I'll be a lot quicker. I promise that is very light after this. Uh, Jamison Crowder, I talked about him as well. Out the first two weeks, looks on track to play at the moment. Uh, stash him on your roster if you have a slot. Uh, might come back strong. That Braxton Berrios kid has been filling in well in his stead and will probably slide right into that role, if not, you know, take over the whole role because the Jets look like shit. So just seems to be a more steady option. And then Tim Patrick, I talked about this. Uh, oh, sorry. Jameson Crowder was at 20% last week and is at 17% now. So he, he should pretty much be available in your league at this point, unless you're in like a 14 or 16 man. Uh, Tim Patrick actually somehow only 14% owned. Um, Judy's injured. Pick him up. Like he, he, he hasn't gotten a lot of targets, but he's gotten a touchdown, touchdown a game, game and like three catches for 30 yards. I get it. It's not great, but like pick him up. Like, why would you not? Judy's injured for like three more games. Yeah. Five more games. I don't even know. All right, probably, and then probably. my homer of the week, I can't even say this is my pickup of the week, but Quintez Cephas, I talked about him all offseason. This is the wide receiver on the Lions. Eight targets in two weeks each week. Like, it's just, that's the dude. Like, he catches only, like two of them. Yeah, I, I think he had eight this week, seven last week. Um, the only wide receiver, shut the fuck up. The only wide receiver <laughs> with more than three last week was him. So pick him up, stash him. I know you have someone stupid on your team right now, like fucking Tebow or something stupid. Just pick him up. <laughs> someone, someone has Tebow. Debo? I know. I know I someone that. has Tebow right now. Oh, I thought you said Debo. No, 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 <laughs> no. Like, fuck, no. man. You're like, dude. Just yeah. pick him up. I know you're. Someone's Debo's in a twelve man league with something stupid like Josh. Someone's got Josh Gordon on his team right now. Go drop him and pick up Cephas. Like at least you have a chance for a guy who's like scoring for. I don't know how he's twenty five percent known. I, I'm a fucking homer on him. I get it. I've talked about him all off season. I just think this is the dude. Anyway, tight ends didn't change much. Cole Komet, 25% same. I think this is your last week to grab him. I think Fields worked with him a lot in the preseason. I think he's going to use him a lot. Gerald Everett, athleticity. That's the dude. I, I'm not saying start these guys. I'm saying backups. 
And then number three, Zach Ertz, only owned in 19% of leagues, and he's getting targeted in the red zone. He's currently on the COVID-19 list, and, I mean, I have a feeling he'll probably get traded to a tight end needy team. So just think about it. Like, these are some guys to think about. Some of the guys that I told you to pick up and, like, was serious about, pick them up. I'm not an idiot sometimes. Put big Pat Fryermuth on there as well. Yeah. I actually I should have. I, I his- should have. I love how he's getting used more. He's not quite like startable yet. And he might not even be rosterable quite yet, but he's getting there. Definitely guys, getting there. You guys are welcome to join in. These are just some research that I did throughout the week that just happened. No, to I just got to shout out my boy, Pat. Thorough, man. No, I agree. I think uh, I, I agree. Ebron has like two targets per game, one catch per game right now. So, if, yeah. I mean, I get that the wide receivers play the role, but Deontay Johnson is questionable right now. And if he didn't play somehow, I mean, it's Wednesday, so. He probably will, but big Pat. All right, Joe, hit us up with some daily fantasy advice. You guys ready to talk about some daily fantasy? I am. Win me some money. All right. So I just got a uh, shout out my lineup from last week. I did some uh, tweaking early Sunday. Had a lineup with Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, Derrick Henry, Gronk, and Cortland Sutton. That thing was uh, through the moon right there, so – don't be afraid to tweak your lineups throughout the week, guys. When you get more news, when you if you read something like a little blurb about, let's say, a cornerback that's just been shitting his pants out there, feel free to start a wide receiver against it. Once you make the lineup, you can always change it. It's not permanent. So don't be afraid to do that there. So I'm going to hop into my start of the week. It is DK Metcalf. He is at 7300 I believe he is $100 cheaper than Lockett. Um I'm going to get into this in my game preview, but Rashad Breland has been an absolute revolving door on the opposite side of Patrick Peterson. He lines up on the right. DK Metcalf lines up on the left. So they will be facing off against each other. I think this is the game where he really establishes himself. I'm going to have him in a ton of lineups. I think you should too. Um, Some of my value plays of the week that I'm really high on. uh, We have Jared Goff playing Baltimore at 5,200. Before I go into this, uh, this game is going to be insane fireworks right here. So I really have every Detroit player in DraftKings as a value, as you will see as we go through this, but very high hopes for that game. Uh, I have Justin Herbert, who is 6,500 facing KC. I think that's going to be a hell of a shootout right there. Really good value for a quarterback there. And Kirk Cousins playing got Seattle. Sorry. Brain fart at 6,300 right there. Uh, That is my other game of the week. That is going to be a monster showdown right there. At running back, we have Swift playing Baltimore at 5,800. I think he's going to catch a ton of balls. If you want to substitute that for Jamal Williams, I think that's perfectly fine too. I do believe Jamal Williams is slightly higher priced than Swift at the moment, even though Swift is playing more snaps. Really? Whoa. Jesus. Let me verify before I say that, but okay. I, I was doing research today and I was almost positive. That's crazy. I mean, you might be right. It's just crazy. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I think they're pretty much interchangeable too. I mean, obviously Swift is gonna have more passing downs, but like let's say hypothetically Detroit wins a game or is up in a game. So Jamal, Jamal Williams. Is Jamal good. is cheaper. You could save six hundred bucks by switching down to Jamal right there. Wouldn't okay. be a bad idea. Um, I've got Saquon Barkley against Atlanta. That's 6,500. I think this is the coming out week for Saquon. Atlanta's not going to have an answer for him. He's going to run all over him, so get him while he's cheap. Uh, James Robinson playing 70% of the snaps. He gets Arizona this week. They're going to have to generate offense somehow. 
I think this is where we really see the pass catching prowess of James Robinson start coming into play. Um, I got McKissick at Buffalo. Again, it's more of they're going to have to generate offense somehow. Buffalo's defense is ridiculous, but I think those dump offs are going to add up pretty quick with McKissick. And then I threw Josh's Peyton Barber in there. I'm not super crazy about it, but he's 4,300 against Miami. So very, very, very cheap. You could build up a lineup around him and save a ton of money at the running back position right there. Can I add one in there? Yeah. Uh, Demetric Felton for Cleveland. Um, I, I'm, I think he, they're going to line him up at wide receiver, even though he's technically a running back. So yeah, might be able to get some value out of that. If you're really spending heavy on the top, you can probably put him in at the bottom for pretty cheap. He might I score. Like that. Might score they, do you think they'll throw him in the slot? I do. I really yeah. do. Because the, they're, they're kind of depleted. I, I mean, if OBJ goes, I mean, that's a little bit better. But, like, Baker seems to love tight ends and dump-off passes. Yeah. And it's been Demetric Felton instead of Kareem for some reason this year. So, Demetric so, Felton might be a good play. You, we share a brain here. And going into the wide receivers, uh, the Chicago Bears have been getting absolutely torched in the slot. They got Marquise Christian. And uh, I don't even know who the other hack they have lining up against there is. But the slot position against the Bears has been ridiculous. I had Rashad Higgins as one of my starts right there at 4,200. I think he slides right in. He's shifty. We'll and then Donovan Peoples-Jones at 3,000. I mean, someone's going to line up in that spot and really take it to him. I do the think thing Jones is, is I, I love those up. guys. They they, they yeah. play, but Baker doesn't throw them the damn ball. Like, yeah. he right. throws it to the tight ends and, for some reason, Demetric Felton. Yeah, I don't have any clue why. So well, and Schwartz, I don't know. like I think, had one target last week. Exactly. I don't I think know. This what... is the once a year Rashard Higgins blow up game. Maybe so, Baker has uh, a fucking. Well, if if Odell doesn't play, I would feel good about playing one of these guys as a sneaky daily fantasy. But like, if Odell plays, I'm not playing anyone. I think if Odell plays, it actually helps these positions because Jalen Johnson has been the second highest graded cornerback the entire year. For the Bears, so if he's lining up on Odell, that could be. I'm sorry, but if Odell goes out there, he's gonna be. Well, the crazy thing is, they put Odell in the slot sometimes too. So, I mean, if he lines up in the slot a lot, I mean, he's gonna torch the Bears. So. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like that, that's another issue. Is sometimes they line uh, Odell up in the slot, so you're gonna he's yeah. gonna be stealing slot routes. I'm just having a hard time projecting. Yeah, Which just receiver. just just wait until my Cleveland Chicago breakdown. It's one of those guys is going to go off against Chicago. <laughs> exactly that. That's wait. not very helpful, but it's there. It's uh, we got Jamar Chase at Pittsburgh. Uh, if Joe Hayden does not play, I think Jamar Chase is just going to really shoot off yet again. He uh, Higgins is hurt, so if he doesn't play, you're looking at Boyd and Chase, and Joe Hayden's not going to be able to stop Chase, or whoever replaces Joe Hayden is not going to be able to stop Chase. Sutton has looked good, but Sutton is not that good of a cornerback on there. My other one is Devonta Smith. He has been in all three of my daily things now. He's still 5,300. He is the wide receiver one. They are throwing the shit out of the ball to him, and he gets Dallas, which it's going to be a high-scoring game, so he's going to get a lot of that offense. And lastly, we have Cephas against Baltimore. Josh, there you go. There's your shout-out on that one. I'm just saying, dude, that's the dude. <laughs> At tight end, uh, Robert Tunyon gets San Francisco. San Francisco has not done a very good job of covering the tight end this year. He's at 4,400, and he looked phenomenal last week. Um, Hawkinson's probably my tight end start of the week. Like Always. I said, I'm I'm loading up on Detroit against Baltimore. 
I could, I'll probably throw Lamar in a lineup and then come back with a bunch of Detroit guys. And if that game pops off, you have a huge advantage of the competition right there. And then I have Pitts at New York. Um, I think he's their answer against the Giants. Uh, don't get cute. Your defensive play of the week is the Raiders at 3,400 against Miami. It's going to be a beautiful thing. So give me just a second here. I'm going to give you my personal lineup for 50-50s this week. Nice. I have. Jared Goff, 5,200. Saquon Barkley at 6,500. Jonathan Taylor at 6,700, which is a pretty good value for him, too. I think he turns it around this week. Jamar Chase, DK Metcalf, Cortland Sutton at 6,000. TJ Hawkinson, my boy Darnell Mooney to the moon, moon man, and the Raiders defense. So feel free to throw that in some 50-50s, and I guarantee you'll make at least no money. But you (laughs) you should win some money here. Nice. If you have a gambling problem, there is a telephone number for that. One eight hundred bets off. Yep. I don't think we have one in Missouri because you're not supposed to legally be able to do that here or something. I don't know. Man, right? No, it still, it still happens because you can still go to the casino. It's oh like, well. I know a person. Technically who has a not in Missouri. Problem. We know a person with a gambling problem. Technically not in Missouri. Scratch offs though. There's got to be some kind of gambling line. No, there's there's still casinos. Like I mean, you can still they're not in Missouri though. Technically, I get it. They're on a river. Maritime <laughs> law. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Well, that sounds great, Joe. Win us some money this week. I've been winning a lot of money in underdog. I've not been doing well in DraftKings, so hopefully we can turn it this around this week. I got to start the underdog thing, dude. Underdog single. Yes, draft the single game I have been cleaning up. Like I will go into a Cleveland game because I know exactly how Cleveland's gonna play. Been clean in house. I'm looking forward to the Monday night football in game those like, uh, I know who to grab on that one. Dude, I will be putting money on that one as well. Oh yeah. Anyway, so we're gonna do things possums. We're doing a little things differently this week. We're going to do a part one and a part two of this podcast. So this has all been part one of the podcast. We are going to have a part two come out right after this. And it will contain all the game previews in it. It's going to be straight game previews. None of the, I mean, we're going to have a little nonsense because, you know, who knows? We, we, we have to have we some are nonsense. Who we so, are. There'll be we, a little nonsense. We're, we're, it's built into our bones to have a little nonsense in the, in the proceedings here. So this has all been part one of the OP podcast for week three. So we're going to try a differently, have a week uh, part two for week three game previews. Joe, get us out of here of part one. All right. It was fun riding with you on part one, and I look forward to seeing you on part two. All right. All right. All right. We'll talk to you soon.